Take your Bibles, if you will, and may I encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to be looking at just a couple verses this morning as we take a look and we begin our focus upon this great gift that the Lord's given and the hope that we have. I want to begin this morning by asking you a question. And so I'm looking for some participation. If I ask you to define Christmas with one word, apart from the words Jesus and Christ, what word would you choose? Sorry? Celebration? Savior? Birthday party? Gift? Joy? Peace? Hope? Yes. We would use peace, love, joy, or some other words. There are a number of words we could focus on in describing Christmas. I want to focus, though, on the word hope this morning. Christmas is hope. When I was a kid, back in the 70s, it was a common thing, and we see it today, but not as much then uh, in the 70s and 80s. But they would, they, would take, they would take Christ out of it, and they'd put an X, X-A-M-S-S-M-A-S. Without Christ, there's no hope. Hopelessness is such a dreadful thing. And one of the major messages of Christmas is that hope found in Jesus Christ. He is God, hope. He's God's hope. And in this text that we're going to look at this morning, we meet a senior adult woman by the name of Anna. And Anna was 84 years old. She was living in hope. The word hope is not used in this text, but the concept is present. The highlight of Anna's life was to meet Jesus, who represented hope for God's people. She was a senior adult in years, but a child in heart. And she teaches us the secret of growing older without growing colder. She had learned to see light in the midst of darkness. She had seen the true message of Christmas. Christmas for her was the hope Of Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at it. Luke chapter 2, two verses, 36. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then 
was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Incredible picture. Incredible picture of where Jesus was presented in the temple. This morning I want to take this text and I want to consider a definition of hope. And then I want to consider the place of hope. And then I would like to conclude by discussing the power of hope. So let's begin, first of all, with the definition of hope. Webster's Dictionary does not distinguish the world's definition from the Bible's definition. It's important that we distinguish the two. Webster's definition presents, represents the world's definition of hope. It describes hope as the world sees it. And here's the definition stated that hope is. Hope is a feeling that what is wanted will happen. Desire accompanied by expectation. When I was thinking about this and thinking about Scripture and how it talks about the hope that we have in Christ, two words weaken the world's definition of hope. The first word is feeling. If I base hope on a feeling, my hope is subject to be disappointed. Let me give you some examples of the shallowness of feelings. If a girl or a lady says, I hope my boyfriend gives me a diamond ring for Christmas. Does the feeling bring hope? If a boy or a man says, I hope my hockey team has a good year, does a feeling guarantee a good hockey team? The other part of the world's definition is a desire accompanied by expectation. The second word that weakens this is the word desire. Let me give you some examples of the shallowness of desires. They can't give hope. If a girl says, I hope he asks me out on a date, does her desire guarantee the date? If an adult says, I hope my grandfather will get over his cancer, does the desire guarantee the recovery? If a person says, I hope I get this job, does the desire guarantee the job? That's the world's definition of hope. Let's take a look at the Bible's definition of hope. Because the Bible does not share a concise definition of hope. It's talked about 
throughout Scripture. And so here's my paraphrase of the Bible's teaching. And in your bulletin, there is no outline this time, but if you want to write this down, you can. And may I encourage you to do so. Here's what the Bible teaches hope is. Hope is an expectation based on the promises of God. Hope is an expectation based on the promises of God. God's hope is not based on feelings. Desires or positive thoughts. It's based on the promises of God. Someone has said this. You can't break God's promises by leaning on them. You can't break them. That's our hope. Our hope is an expectation based on the promises of God. There's an old gospel song, a hymn, that we sing that states this principle well, standing on the promises of God. And part of that song states this, standing on the promises that cannot fail. Though the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. It's such a powerful thing. God's hope is endearing. When I sat and watched with my mom over a year as she wrestled with cancer, and the last four months she was just basically a skeleton, her hope was on the promises of God. She walked through that. She never wavered, even though we as children wavered, even though we questioned things at times. She kept on saying, God knows, and kept on saying, God's promises. God's hope cannot be frustrated. God's hope will never end. God's hope is eternal. And we learn by observing Anna's life, looking at her for 84 years. She prayed. She went to the temple. She worshiped there. She lived there. The hope to see the Savior. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 6, 19. We have this hope as an anchor of the soul. Anchor of the soul. It's such a powerful thing. When all around us, our world is looking for hope. And they're looking for hopes with desires and feelings. But true hope is found on the promises of God. So where is your hope? This morning as we think about this, as we focus upon our Lord, as upon our Savior, is it in a relationship? Is it in money? Is it in your job? Or is it in the promises of God? I want to talk about the place of hope. Hope is not to be found in religious practices. 
Hope is not to be found in religious practices. Anna was a prophetess. Anna spent her life serving the Lord in the temple. And even so, merely going to church does not give hope. Merely quoting some simplistic prayer does not give hope. Some people think that church attendance is a cure for all that ails you. If you just go to church, hope is not found in religious practice. Hope is not found in a relationship with another person. You see, Anna's husband had been dead for many years. And yet her hope was not in her husband. We have this powerful message that we need to share with our friends, with our family. Hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Why is Jesus Christ the fulfillment of hope? Why is he that? First of all, we see that he's a fulfillment of God's promises. All of God's promises and all of God's earthly activity is centered in Jesus. All of history, as far as man is concerned, is built around Jesus. In fact, you can't understand the fulfillment of God's promises You can understand the fulfillment of God's promises by understanding Jesus' fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. Jesus fulfilled those. In the book, and maybe many of you read it, The Case for Christmas, written by Lee Strobel, points out to the reliability of the Old Testament prophecies. Strobel set out to prove the fallacy, the falseness of Jesus Christ. And as he went through Scripture, as he went through all the history, he came to a big conclusion. Strobel says this, Some people use the coincidence argument to deny Jesus' claims. They say it's a mere coincidence that Jesus fulfilled Old Testament prophecies. Lee says, a mathematician by the name of Peter W. Stoner estimated the chances of Jesus fulfilling fulfilling 48 Old Testament prophecies was this, one chance in three trillion. One chance in three trillion. Powerful. It wasn't mere coincidence. Jesus was also the proof that God's plan cannot be frustrated. He was crucified three years later uh, after he, he worked with the disciples, ministry, but he rose again three days later. He could not be cut off. Satan thought that he could frustrate God's plan 
However, he could not frustrate God's plan. The Christmas carol that some of us sing, O Little Town of Bethlehem, states Jesus' purpose in graphic terms, which all can understand. And the latter part of the verse 1 states this, Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. If you have your Bibles, or if you have an app, I want you to turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3. Chapter First Peter chapter one verse three. First Peter chapter one verse three. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In living hope. Second Thessalonians. Go there with me, if you will, please. Second Thessalonians, chapter two. Verses 16 and 17 say this. Second Thessalonians. "May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. The Bible also explains this, that those without Christ have no eternal hope. And that's what the world is seeking. That's what we're looking for. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 says this. Remember that at the time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. Again, if you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Hope is found in Jesus Christ. And those of us that do not know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our friends, those that are looking for hope, it can only be found in Jesus Christ. 
Let me talk about the power of hope. The power of hope found in Jesus Christ does not disappear. Time is not a switch that dims the brightness of hope. The birth of Jesus Christ, the anticipation, the fulfillment of those prophecies, the hope that was looked there is the same hope we have. Hope helps us look beyond our present difficulties. In our text this morning with Anna, who was a senior adult, she kept her hope primed to look beyond the circumstances of life. Many of you have heard the and we're familiar with the story of Anne Frank. Anne Frank was a Jewish girl that later became a writer who lived during the days of Holocaust. And Anna and her family hid out during the German raids. They sweated for their lives for days. The Jewish family, tense with fear at each mysterious sound, and after days of hiding, the Germans came for Anna and her family. And the story closes with Anna's father saying this. For days we lived in fear. Now we live in hope. You see, many times there are people who have nothing but hope to live for. I've seen that with my mother. The hope to be with her Savior. Over the years, I've observed many senior adults who experienced much loss. They've lost their mates. They've lost their health. They lost many of their friends. And the only thing that carries them is hope. Hope. Hope never disappears. Hope does not disappoint. There are many disappointments in life. People let us down. Life sometimes let us down. Paul shares an encouraging verse that undergirds this truth in Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, 5 says this. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. There was a song that I heard much when I was young children, a young child, pardon me, and it states this very well. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't teach us to swim and let us drown. He didn't build his home in us to move away. He didn't let us lift us up to let us down. Hope never disappoints. Hope gives us a reason to live. Hope motivates us to keep going. You see, without hope, we give up. And we see this with those that don't have Jesus Christ as their hope. Struggle with this. 
Lucy and Linus, I enjoy reading them quite a bit. Lightens up the mood. Some good theology there sometimes from Lucy. She highlights and uh, lighthearted illustrates this principle. Hope gives us a reason to live. In one of the cartoons, Lucy and Linus are sitting in front of the television set. When Lucy says to Linus, get up and get me a glass of water. Linus looks surprised. Why should I do anything for you? You never do anything for me. On your 75th birthday, Lucy promised, I'll bake you cake. Linus got up and headed to the kitchen and said this, life is more pleasant when you have something to look forward to. Hope gives us a reason to live. One of the saddest stories in the Bible is recorded in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. You're going to want to write this down if you don't have it. If you have your Bibles, man, I encourage you to turn there. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 32. Sad story. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came and walked alongside them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them asked him, Are you the only one living in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, he replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hope that he was the one who was going to... And I died. Oh, there we go. All this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, For it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. And so he went and stayed with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread and gave thanks and he broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened 
And they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? In this story, two of Jesus' followers are traveling from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And on the way, Jesus joined them. And they didn't know his identity for some reason. It says it was hidden from them. He asked them what they were discussing. He could see on their faces that they were very sad. They even used the word we had hoped. We had hoped. They had hoped that Jesus would bring hope into their lives. And now he's dead. Jesus revealed his identity to the two travelers that were sad. And after, however, discovering that Jesus had resurrected from the tomb, they received a new reason to live. They were inspired. My question I have for you this morning is do you have hope? What if you were to pass from this life to the next? Do you have hope of eternal life? Do you know that you would spend eternity with God forever? You can know this. Jesus Christ died that we might find peace with God. Our hope this morning and our hope in our Christian life It's based on the promises of God. It's based on Jesus Christ. As we move forward, may we represent that hope to those around us. May we encourage others to look toward Jesus Christ for that hope. Let me just pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this hope that we have found in you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, down to this earth for us. Lord, may our eyes see you. May our hearts be on fire for you. May we share this incredible message of hope with those around us. It's based on the promises of God. Thank you for this hope, Lord. And we just pray and ask these things in your name. Amen. And at this time, I'd like us to do communion. So I'll have the men join me down as well.